The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is the Gospel of our Lord. All right, so children's message. In the past, we've had uh, Pastor Solberg really like to do that. We'll know that pastors, we enjoy sharing little pieces of things that we've learned with young ones. We just do. But we also know, I also know that there's, there are people in here that have been Christians probably two, three times longer than I've ever been a Christian. There are people in here that read the Bible more times than I have. And just because I went to seminary, just because I'm set apart to serve as a pastor, doesn't mean I'm the one who knows the most in this, in this church. There are people in here that have been studying the Word of the Lord for a long time, and you guys are blessed with a lot of knowledge. And so why not have the church, this family of God, this community of God, collectively be a part of sharing our faith with each other, including our children? And so for the adults in the room and the grandparents and the parents in this room, aunts and uncles and just people of faith in this room, if you're asked to consider pray, uh, sharing a children's message, prayerfully re- hear it. Because I'm convinced that you guys have something in your life that's a beautiful gift that you've understood God and come across to you. And that when you have the opportunity to share that with a child, why not? Let's practice in this place sharing with our kids. So maybe when we get in the world and we're sharing with more intellectually challenging places, we're, we're, we're geared up for it. But it's just as far as a gift to give, when you're asked to consider that, please prayerfully consider that. And let's have the collection of our faith being shared with each other. Right? So that's with the children's missions part. On the gospel lesson today, our gospel lesson today and the sermon part of the day is this gospel is like another gift. You almost didn't take it as that. It's almost like a going away gift. And I'm going to put that, that up on the screens right here. Now, when you think about a gift, right now I want to think about the directions of things. I want you to think about how much of this Bible lesson is either your response to what's been given or is actually just a a receiving of what God's given. So if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. The loving part, that's just a response. Because coming up to this, in this lesson, Jesus is sharing, um, in this part of the gospel lesson, he is in the Lord's Supper phase. And before this part, he has broken the bread, he's, he's shared the cup, and this is his new covenant in his body and blood. Before this, he has washed their feet. He's done this even for the one that was going to betray him. At this point, Judas has already left to do his, his, his dark deed. And so at this point, he is now giving a gift. And if he says, love as I've loved, serve as I've served, it's almost like easy. You know, sometimes when you get a Christmas gift, you want to give a gift right back because you've received something. In this part of the lesson, the disciples have already received all this gift and love of of Jesus. So he says, if you love me, you'll just keep my commandments. Well, his commandments were to love. 
Love the Father, love each other. That was his commandment. So that part's actually just a response too. It's not really something we have to do. Then you go to verse 16, the direction of that. I will ask the Father. That is a gift from Jesus to the people. The next one, and he will give you a helper. Notice it's not, I'm going to give you, I mean, it's not what we did, it's what God's done. God's going to give us the helper. Another directional one, that God's going to be with you. God's doing that action piece. There on the bottom, God is going to dwell with you. God is going to be in you. He is not going to leave you. That is all gift of God, the last piece. And that I'm going to come to you. I will come to you, he says. That is all God coming to that. That is all gift. That's what's happening in this first part of the gospel lesson. Now, Jesus, is, again, is preparing for his disciples for his absence. And in there, he says, one of the phrases that we're going to highlight for today, he says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. That translation is from the NIV, the New International Translation. That's a popular one in these days. Another advocate is what it translates. Now, if you're thinking about advocate, what does that word kind of convey to us? For most of us, if you have an advocate, it's almost like someone in a court of law, and that someone is going to be your voice. Someone is going to speak on your behalf in a court of law. Advocate, it communicates something about the Holy Spirit. The challenge is, is this original Greek word is paraclete. We say paraclete, but paracleton, and the first word before is alan. There's not much controversy or, or options for the first word alan or alan. Um, everybody wants to translate that another. But the next one, paraclete, oh, that one's got all kinds of options. The first one you think about, King James Version, it translates um, the phrase another comforter. The older, the revised standard version translates it as another counselor. The English standard version, which is ones that we read here, and they're, they're more in popularity now, the English standard version translates it another helper. The new common English translation says another companion. All of them have another, but those ending words are each, diff- are each different. And each one of them is communicating something unique. As we had with the children's message on that elephant, you had something really close of a leg and really something close of a nose and something close of a ear. When you stand back, you put them together, it starts to show the whole picture of what's going on. Each one of those titles is a piece. One of the translations, here's another one, Eugene Peterson, the message. It's kind of a popular one now. I can't say that it's really like a translation. It's almost like his... It's telling of a story and using his language. And I like a lot of what he does. He translates today's words um, this. He says, the Father will send another friend. Friend. Of the translations so far that I thought, that's the one that kind of stood out to me the most. The idea of God, this awesome, amazing, intelligent, intelligent, smarter than, I, I just... He puts the whole thing together. He knows how it stays together. He's smart, and he's a God of creation. He's perfect in love, and he is perfect in power. He is that God. He is wisdom, and he is determined to bless us, and he is determined to save us. That that God in this third person of the Holy Trinity, that person's my friend. That sounded really nice. Friend. So thinking about Holy Spirit, friends, Advocate, counselors, helpers, comforters. A couple of stories. 
And each one of these stories is going to highlight something unique and maybe something that we can take away. Because when we gather on Sundays, the first part is, is we want to know. We want to know our Lord more. We want to, second part is we want to remember what we've been told. We want to remember our Lord more. So we're going to know Him. We're going to remember Him. Because the third part of what we prepare for then on Sundays is how then are we going to take what we've been given and then share it to the rest of this world. So that when we leave here, we have a chance to communicate the truth that we've received to the world around us. And stories are frequently the best way. So the stories I'll share with you now, they might not be your stories, but maybe they'll stir up stories that you've experienced, stories that you have for yourself. And you can take those, and when it comes time to talk about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you'll, you'll have a way of thinking about it, a way of approaching that. Because I'm fairly convinced that if we were to talk about God the Father, you're, you would be okay with that. We know from the creeds he's created, he's the power, he's the, he sits as this. And we have a really good idea about Jesus. If you were to try to say who God is and talk about Jesus, you have all kinds of stories about healings and miracles and love and forgiveness and cross and resurrection. You've got a lot about Jesus, but what would you say about the Holy Spirit? What would you say? For Lutherans, that might be a little bit of a sticky point. right? We're really smart. We know the Bible, we know the history, and we know the theology. But what about the spiritual part? The communication of that. So when you hear these stories, think about how the Holy Spirit is being communicated, truth of God is being communicated that, but more importantly, then how are you going to hear these and then figure out which one of your stories are you going to share with someone in your life that only you can share it with? Okay? Here's the first story. A writer named Ian Coffey, he tells a story of about a difficult task. They were translating the Bible into the Kari language. Now, Kari language, it's a language of the central western part of Africa. There's the Republic of Africa, and then there's the, the, the oh, is it the Cameroon. They're right there next to each other. And this is the, one of the languages. It's a dominant language in that part. And so these folks, these Christians, went and they wanted to present the Bible to them so they'd have in their language, the Word of God in their language. The translators discovered, as every translator has discovered before, that it's, some things are more difficult to translate than others. Some things in the New Testament are very challenging when you're trying to communicate in a language you're not familiar with. Particularly when they got to this, this word, parakletos. What does parakletos mean? We've already had six and we were just in English. How do you communicate that in the Kara language? So they were struggling with that. One day these translators, and, and where they're at, they're in country, and they're watching another line of porters um, going off into the bush, and they're carrying huge bundles of supplies on their head and their shoulders as they're walking along, like this, this parade of human ants carrying massive loads. And they've watched it before, but this one kind of stood out to them. This time they also noticed that there's almost always one of those porters who's not carrying anything. And they kind of immediately thought from their Western European kind of uh, approach to this that, well, that's just got to be the boss, right? He's not the one carrying anything. He's just going to be the overseer and make sure that everything is being done right and that they're going to get there in the right place. And however, they discovered that he was not the boss. He had a special job, but he was not the boss. He was there should anyone fall and injure their knees, their ankles, their backs, their necks, their arms, and not be able to carry. He was there in case they fell because of exhaustion. This man walked among them 
And he would come and pick up a fallen man's load after having helped the fallen man, and he would carry it for him. The porter was known in the Kari language, and this is their translation as, the one who falls down beside us. The one who falls down beside us. That was his place. And the translators realized that they'd been given the word that they needed to convey the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works in the life of a Christian. The Holy Spirit is the one who falls down beside us. The very person of God, the power of God, the love of God, alongside the believer on your journey of life, giving us power to recognize right and wrong, helping us to resist the wrong, assuring us of forgiveness when we fall and fail, but picking us up, both the person and the load, until we reach our destination. Holy Spirit, the one who falls down beside us, Church, we're to know these things. We're to remember these things. And we're to prepare for our opportunities to share these things. One more. A man, he had some serious, he, he came to discover, by the way, he's feeling the results, that he had serious heart issues. He had valves that were not closing all the way, not functioning well. He had arteries that were hard and they were blocked and, and he was going to have a, 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 the most severe, you know, scary surgery he was ever going to imagine having. And um, he was telling his experience of this surgery with his, with his friend. He said to his friend, now after the surgery, he said, he said, the day before the surgery, a nurse came into my room. Um, she came in to visit. And she, she took hold of my hand and she told me to feel it to fill her hand and to hold it. After the pause, she said, now during the surgery tomorrow, you will be disconnected from your heart. Your heart will not be in there doing what your heart does. They're going to disconnect it, they're going to work on it, and then they're going to put it back. You are only going to be kept alive by the virtue of certain machines. And when your heart is finally um, repaired and reinstalled, if you will, restored, and the operation is over and you are recovering, you will eventually wake up and you will be in a very special surgical recovery room. She told me, she said, you will be immobile for as long as six hours you may be unable to move, unable to speak. You'll be unable to open your eyes, but you will be perfectly conscious. You will hear and you will know everything that's going on around you. During those six hours, she said, I will be at your side. I will hold your hand exactly as I am doing now. I will stay with you until you're recovered. And now, although you may feel absolutely helpless, when you feel my hand, 
you will know that I am with you and I am not going to leave you. He said this to his friend. He said, it happened exactly as the nurse told me. I awoke and I could do nothing. I couldn't move. I was there, but I could feel the nurse's hand in my hand for hours. And her hand made all the difference. Holy Spirit, the very person of God, the power of God, the love of God, the caring for the believer in this journey of life, God, the working to bring healing when you are wounded, God, the carrying us through times of weakness, God, reminding us of the truth, God, Holy Spirit, our advocate, our counselor, our comforter, our friend, our companion, our helper, Holy Spirit, the one who falls down beside us to pick us up and carry our load. The Holy Spirit, the one who will hold our hand until we reach our destination. Holy Spirit. So church, we remember, we celebrate what we know. We know that we are this body of Christ, that Christ is in us. We are baptized. We have been forgiven. And we also know that the Holy Spirit being in these flesh temples, these earthen temples, we are filled with this thing, this Holy Spirit, this God. We know this to be true. I'm convinced that now that you know and you remember some of these things, that God's going to show you sometime Maybe, hopefully, in this next week, someone in your world who needs to know about God, the Holy Spirit, someone in this next week who no one else on this planet can talk to them and accompany them the way only you can. And in that moment, you can be the one who might be the one who carries their load and picks them up. You might be the one who does nothing else but just sits there quietly and holds their hand. But there is someone in this world who God wants to use you to communicate His love and His goodness through. And if not you, who? So take this. You are the body of Christ in this world. You are temples of this Holy Spirit. It's our turn to be church. Share it now that you've received it. May God help us be this church. Amen.